This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Yes, it is. Sportsbook. We are back. Thank you for tuning in. It's another Thursday, or maybe you're listening to it on a different day. But if you're listening on Thursday morning, today, June 14, is our next Yahoo Finance Cryptocurrency Summit. It's our second of these, and it's actually our fourth live all-day summit in a year. And uh, we've had a couple of these that were not crypto-specific, and at those summits, I've been lucky enough to host various commissioners, Rob Manfred of Major League Baseball, uh, Gary Bettman of the NHL, and Don Garber of Major League Soccer. But this one today is all about the crypto. And you might be thinking, well, I don't care about crypto. This is a sports business podcast. But I think it's time, and there are enough examples, to discuss the many ways in which cryptocurrency and blockchain are supposedly going to have an impact on sports business. Because there is a lot of hype. There's a lot of noise now. Have most of these, most of these things happened yet? Not necessarily. But boy, uh, if the tech headlines are to be believed, blockchain is going to revolutionize everything. There's no industry left that blockchain can't fix. Uh, and I say that obviously with a lot of skepticism, but I also cover this stuff very closely. Uh, if you ever read my stuff and you don't just listen to this podcast, then you know that in addition to sports business, my other big beat is Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto. And so it's worth briefly explaining to our sports listeners, if you've managed to avoid reading about the crypto space, what uh, blockchain is and then how people think it could have a role in sports. So the best example I use, or the best anecdote I use to define blockchain is to think of it like a library card. And I don't mean a library card that you keep in your wallet where you give it and that's what allows you to take out books. I mean the little insert that is in the front of a library book. Uh, it is a record, and it lists all the different people who took out that book and when they took it out and when they returned it, and it's stamped. Uh, and that is like what blockchain is. Blockchain is really just as simple as a ledger, a ledger in the cloud. Uh, some people also say it's sort of like a giant shared public Google Doc. And it lists and records every single transaction that has ever been done in Bitcoin. So I send Bitcoin to Kerry, my producer on this podcast, I send her $5 in Bitcoin. It goes on the blockchain. You can quite literally find the address of the transaction and point to it. You can't see our names, but there are long strings of numbers and letters associated. That's why people call it semi-anonymous. It is not fully anonymous. Uh, and again, the blockchain is public. It is uh, tamper-proof. It's immutable, which means it can't be changed or edited. So if I do something and it's recorded on the blockchain, the appeal is that it's a permanent record. And that has all kinds of uses for authenticating things and proving things and security. Uh, and again, by the way, to go back to my example, if Kerry then sends that $5 in Bitcoin that I sent her to someone else, that gets recorded on the blockchain. So how does this apply to sports? Well, uh, when people say blockchain, and this is another reason headlines are silly when they say the blockchain, there isn't the blockchain. Now, yes, blockchain as a form of technology came along with the invention of Bitcoin, in 2008, but now there are all kinds of different blockchains. So better to think of blockchain as a type of tech, just like there's cloud tech, there's mobile tech, there is blockchain technology. And another blockchain is Ethereum. Ether is a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, and Ether runs on a blockchain, the Ethereum blockchain. Okay, so if all of that isn't uh, exhausting enough and confusing, but I hope I simplified it a little, how does it apply to sports? 
Well, the best example that I can think of, and it's interesting to me, is sports memorabilia. So if you're listening, you might be a big sports fan, and you probably, as a kid, collected either baseball cards or basketball cards. For me, it was basketball cards. And maybe you had some form of autographed sports merchandise, a bat that's signed, or a basketball that's signed, or an autographed football. And the idea is that blockchain could be the next wonderful revolutionary way to authenticate such items. Because, of course, huge money is wasted and lost every year on fraudulent sports merchandise. Uh, you go to a mall and they're selling an autographed football, and actually it's not really autographed by Peyton Manning. Uh, they give you a certificate and say it's authentic, and it isn't. You really can't be sure because anyone can, you know, if they can gin up a fake autographed item, they can certainly print out a fake certificate. But if we used blockchain to record and verify the authenticity of such items, that could revolutionize the sports memorabilia space. Uh, let me play for you a clip from our last cryptocurrency summit, which was in February in New York. This is a researcher from the Bitcoin news website Coindesk talking about and explaining this phenomenon, the potential of blockchain in sports memorabilia. Now, he's talking about it in the context of CryptoKitties, but I think we explain both in this clip. So listen to this. What is the significance of this? I mean, I think when most people saw that a game called CryptoKitties was going nuts and you had to pay in Ether to birth a digital kitten, people kind of roll their eyes. It's ridiculous. It looks like a joke. But of course, there was a business significance to CryptoKitties. Yeah, it's the extension of that anti-counterfeit quality of all of these coins. Uh, because they have this counterfeit protection, you can actually apply that to memorabilia. So this is really the beginning of what we're going to see, I think anyway, for sports memorabilia, for the authentication of game-worn jerseys and cards and all kinds of other stuff. So it's an important initial uh, step in a use case that, that is only just getting uh, to the point where people can deploy it commercially. Um, but the other thing that, that CryptoKitties did that was amazing is it actually helped propel the Ethereum blockchain to all-time transaction records. Um, but also high fees. Also, uh, yeah, a little higher. They went up percentage-wise, but they were still pretty reasonable. We weren't okay. talking about, you know, very... It wasn't like Bitcoin. These weren't okay. $20 fees. They were still in the $1 range. Um, so th that day, anyway, that, that, that it, it hit those records and, and really showed the limits of the Ethereum blockchain and any blockchain. And, and it, it's, it's a really good insight into what these platforms are capable of and also to put pressure on what needs to happen for them to become more useful in the future. How soon can we expect something like a CryptoKitties that is more than a game of birthing digital cats, you know, a, a similar platform that, that might have more business applications on a, on a wide well, because, mainstream Well, because business. we are dealing with that whole collectibles industry, I think it'll just take an entrepreneurial uh, group to go ahead and do it. So it's, it's the card industry. Um, you know, these guys are, have always been innovators. They've always been looking for a new product. And I imagine we'll start seeing a lot more of that uh, in the near future. Okay, that was Nolan Bowerly of the website Coindesk explaining CryptoKitties, meow, and how blockchain could be used for sports memorabilia. Now, there are a couple of other interesting examples of crypto or blockchain plus sports. I'll give you another one, the ICO boom. You've likely heard the acronym ICO, but maybe you don't understand it. Maybe you've invested in one, which is highly risky. I hope you haven't. It stands for Initial Coin Offering. 
So the idea is, unlike an IPO, where you are offering shares in a company that is quite literally equity, uh, you have a piece of the company's success. Instead, uh, in an ICO, you offer people tokens that you've created. So at the point at which they buy the tokens, the tokens have no value, none. But the hope is that as the cryptocurrency they're launching, or as the company they're launching gains success and gains use and adoption, your token will also gain in value. And that might sound to you basically like a stock, but it's really not. And I've written at Yahoo Finance as a warning, an ICO is not like an IPO. You are not getting any actual voting rights. You're not getting any actual piece of the company. You just own some tokens that might remain useless. Nonetheless, new internet companies have raised hundreds of millions of dollars, in many cases in a matter of minutes, by doing ICOs. Now to bring it back to sports. Surprise, a number of athletes, current and retired, have backed and endorsed and hawked ICOs. Richard Sherman has done it uh, of the Seahawks, soon no longer of the Seahawks. Floyd Mayweather, the boxer, has done it. He backed an ICO that was quickly uh, investigated by the SEC. And these things are, as I said, extremely speculative, risky. The company offering the tokens for sale owes you nothing. They just want you to buy up the tokens. In fact, fun little story that just happened as we record this. Uh, Kik, K-I-K, which is an early chat app. It actually predates Snapchat. It's Canadian. It has a lot of users. Kick recently did an ICO, an initial coin offering, to launch a token called KIN, K-I-N. They sold $100 million worth of the KIN token. So it was a hugely successful ICO, and these ICOs happen on blockchain. The offerings are built on the back of and carried out on blockchain technology. And yet, even after that successful ICO, the Kick CEO said, blockchain, eh, he's already come out and said, uh, blockchain should not be used by, or, or, or it, it, almost no one should use blockchain. That's what he said. Um, and of course, people in the crypto industry quickly, you know, were angry about that. And there was a backlash, you know, sort of like, how dare he? But, you know, that's the risk of these ICOs is that people can do them even when they really don't believe in the technology at all. And then they're basically saying, hey, thanks for the funding. So uh, that's another form of sports connection. And I'll give you one more. To bring it back to the CryptoKitties mention, uh, CryptoKitties, that game where you can collect and trade digital kittens, and the reason it works on Ethereum blockchain is because no one can duplicate the kittens. They are unique. Blockchain is tamper-proof, and that's why blockchain is useful for verifying sports memorabilia. And another use case of blockchain, people say, betting. Surprise, surprise, betting. Uh, you know, shocker, we're talking about something as risky as ICOs and cryptocurrency, and then you're talking about gambling. Some people might say that when you invest in an ICO, that is already gambling. But as you know, if you've been listening to our podcast, as we recently covered two episodes ago, uh, New Jersey won its Supreme Court sports betting case, and it means that soon enough, individual states on a state-by-state -state basis will legalize sports gambling in their state. And when you do gambling and when you talk about recording bets rather than dealing with shady bookies, you know what people are already saying would be useful for recording bets? Blockchain. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I've been pitched on many companies that say, oh, betting on blockchain, you know, and they call it Betcoin. There's a Betcoin 
I mean, boy, I could rattle off five of these. There's a number of coins now tied to gambling. Now, I think if I had to predict the next few years, the average person and our listeners probably still won't be using these things. But look, someone somewhere is buying into these ICOs. Uh, They are raising a ton of money. And so companies are cropping up like crazy, touting blockchain, saying, ooh, blockchain will revolutionize, you know, fill-in-the-blank industry. And sports betting is no exception. So uh, just a quick crash course. I hope it's useful. And if you're listening to this on Thursday morning, it's not too late. Tune in to our Cryptocurrency Summit. It's live all day on yahoofinance.com, and it's free. Or even if you're listening after June 14, all of the great segments from our Cryptocurrency Summit will go online on our website. And I'm sure that in some of these panels that I'm hosting, I will mention this sports connection and ask people about it. So stick with us. As always, you can rate, review, and subscribe. Give us a good rating to the Sportsbook Podcast. We're on all the Sportsbook platforms. I'm sorry, all of the podcast platforms. Uh, that's it. We're talking about crypto, and I hope you enjoyed it. And don't worry, we're unlikely to hit cryptocurrency and blockchain on the podcast again for a while. But it is a a fun thing to watch. And boy, the PR pitches keep rolling in. I got to tell you guys, blockchain plus sports. We'll see what happens in this space. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.